0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal Forging Your Own Path with me, your host, Cherokee. This week, I'm very excited because I'm talking about something I get a lot of questions about. I feel like I'm very excited every week. (laughs) But this week, I am um, particularly excited because people ask me all the time about my experience with LASIK eye surgery. And I had this done in July, so I'm going to talk about a little bit about it today. I'm very excited also to be back. It has been a hot minute since I've been here, and I am back with a vengeance. I'm stacking up these unconventional gals, and we will be talking about more interesting things more frequently, so I'm sorry for my hiatus, but I'm trying to figure out my life. There's so many things happening. Uh, The holidays are coming. Anyways, so before we get into my main topic about LASIK, I just wanted to do Cherry's book club of the month. And this month I'm talking about a book. I actually discovered this book. I I listen to NPR sometimes on my way to and from work. And the author of this book was on NPR talking about the book and the research that he had done in writing the book. And His name is Clint Smith, and the name of the book is How the Word is Passed, and this book is so interesting. I actually am reviewing it before I finished it, but I know it's going to be good all the way through, because it's it's nonfiction, so it's not like... It's going to have a terrible ending. I know how the ending is because it is about slavery in America. He actually spent many years visiting many of the more prominent plantations in the United States. And getting the the real history behind slavery at these plantations versus, like, the fun, pretty Southern Belle Gone with the Wind history that we are usually fed about plantations. And it's very eye-opening. The first chapter that I read is about Thomas Jefferson and about his involvement in owning slaves. And even though he was known as, like, the good president and the, the anti-slavery president, he actually was he was a slave owner. So that is the book that I am reading right now. Highly recommend it. Even for you guys that don't read nonfiction, it's still so good. I find sometimes nonfiction, especially historical nonfiction can be really dry. And this book is not dry at all. He talks a lot from um, first person. He talks a lot. He like describes everybody that he's talking to, like how would they look like? So it feels like, more story-like and less like informative non-fiction boring history book so highly suggested again it is called how the word is passed by Clint Smith it's on Amazon I actually got it on my Kindle uh, it was a little less expensive that way so please buy this book it's really interesting oh and this is not sponsored I just really liked reading this book <laughs> So, all right, let's get into our main topic. I didn't want to do anything super heavy this week because it's our first week back, and so I didn't want to hit you with more depressing shenanigans. We talked about suicide the last couple weeks, and I thought that we needed a break from that. So I feel like LASIK is a lighter topic. It's something that a lot of people are interested in. A lot of people have questions about. I have worn glasses for glasses or contacts since I was 11 and I am now 39. So I've worn glasses or contacts every day of my life since then. 28 years. I had to do some quick math there. (laughs) I actually got contacts first. I got contacts when I was in junior high. And then I got glasses when I was a freshman in high school. My first pair of glasses were vintage cat eye glasses. And I didn't actually own a pair of modern glasses until I was like 30. (laughs) But there was always something in or on my eyeballs to help me see everywhere I went. Like I said, in the beginning, it wasn't that big of a deal, but as I've aged, it's become more of a nuisance. And also as you age, which is normal for for almost everybody, your eyes start to get a little more dry. And when your eyes get dry and you're wearing contacts, life is not fun. Also, because I live in Southern California, it's sunny all the time. So when I lived in Oregon, I actually wore my glasses a lot because it's, it was rainy and cloudy, but I don't have prescription Sunglasses. So when it's really sunny here and I'm wearing my eyeglasses, I'm like squinting and I'm getting a headache and making wrinkles in my forehead prematurely. And so I really never wore my glasses in California unless it was a cloudy day or unless I was traveling, always on travel days, usually on work days. If I'm working inside doing hair and makeup because I'm so focused, my eyes get really, really dry when I'm working. I was actually working on a gal in Australia, and I was wearing my contacts, and I was doing her eyeliner, so I was really close to her face, and I was really focused. No, I was doing her lipstick because her eyes were open. And I was like closing one eye at a time just to get them moistened, and she was like, why do you keep winking at me? (laughs) I was like, I'm not hitting on you. I swear my eyes are just really, really dry. Yeah. And then it got to the point where in the last maybe two years, literally every day that I took my contacts out, I was peeling them off of my eyeballs. Like they were so dry that they were sticking to the surface of my eye. And I've tried every contact known to man. I did the monthlies, the weeklies, the dailies. I did the ones that were made of water. I did the like I have tried every type of contact. I don't have dry eye. Like I have not been diagnosed medically with having whatever the disorder is that you have dry eye. I just, my eyeballs just do not like contacts and I'm not trying to wear glasses every day, especially now that we have to wear masks all the time. And I wear masks in my studio, even pre-COVID when I'm tattooing, I wear a mask because blood. And so (laughs) when you wear a mask with eyeglasses, it really sucks. It's really hard to see through fog when you're trying to work. So I have a client, a lovely Heather, she is one of my favorite clients. She actually worked at a laser center, a LASIK center. And I was talking to her a little bit and about my eyes. And she was like, you should just come in for a consultation. And then she threw in the gold star remark. She said, I can give you my friends and family discount. And like the clouds opened and the light shone down on her. And there were little sparklies floating down. And oh, like the angels were singing. Because she said discount. (laughs) And I think that's one thing that a lot of people are scared about as well is how much it's going to cost. And let me tell you, it is not cheap. But it's not cheap for a reason because it is a surgery. And they're surgery in your eyeballs. So you don't want your laser to be cheap. It's like you don't want plastic surgery to be cheap. You don't want your open-heart surgery to be cheap. So yeah, the LASIK was something I had been thinking about for many, many years. I had never had a consultation. I always just assumed because my eyes were dry that I wasn't a candidate for LASIK. And I was also told many, many years ago by an optometrist that when... So I have really large pupils, and it makes my eyes sun-sensitive. They don't dilate, whatever. This is what this optometrist told me. And so he told me that when you get LASIK and you have large pupils, at least back then, there was only one size of laser, so if it didn't fit all the way over your pupil, you could be left with double vision, like permanent, like seeing two of everything forever. And that scared the crap out of me. So I was like maybe I don't do that. Well, that was like 15 years ago, so when I get this discount god send angel message, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just go in and just see. We'll just see. So first of all, I looked at the reviews cuz I was like, I'm not trying to go to some janky place like I love my client but I don't know where she works and what this deal what the deal is with this place. So I got on Yelp, I got on Google, I got on the LASIK board of whatever, and I looked at all of their reviews. And they're, they have five stars everywhere. I went to InVision Center in Torrance, um, Torrance, California, and my doctor was Dr. Lusby, L-U-S-B-Y. Can't recommend him high enough. Amazing, but he had like stellar. I mean, this this laser center. All of their surgeons had stellar reviews. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in. So you go in for a consultation first. So I drove my sweet buns all the way down to Torrance, had my consultation. It took like maybe a half hour. Everybody in the office was super cool, really nice, really professional. The office was really clean. I just got really good vibes. So first, when you go to your consultation, I'm just going to kind of walk you guys through my whole, the whole process of LASIK. Then I'm going to take your stories and answer some questions. So th- with the consultation, you go in and first you talk to just like a tech. And the tech t- takes like they have you sit in those machines where you put your chin in it and it looks at your eye. They don't do any of the air puffing. It's not like an optometrist uh, appointment. It's just they're just looking. They have this machine that that gets your prescription just by you focusing. It's so strange. It's like a picture of a tree that's really clear and a picture of a tree that's really blurry. And you look at it and the tree that's really blurry just goes into focus. I don't know how it works. It just figures out what your prescription is just by doing that. It's magic. So I did that, did those few tests, filled out some paperwork, with my history, all of that, then I went into the actual exam room, sat down in that old school exam chair with all the the things that go in front of your eye that look like some Edward Scissorhands contraption. The optometrist came in, and then again took my history. She actually did a full eye exam, and then they checked the thickness of my corneas. I can't remember how they did that. I think they did it with a light. Anyways, nothing they did touched my eyeball. Nothing was uncomfortable. The most that it was was bright. That was it. So in this initial consultation, everything was fine. So once they checked all of that, they checked like how dry my eyes are, how thick my corneas are, my prescription, all of that. Then they tell you if you're a candidate. And I was a perfect candidate. I actually have really thick corneas. I don't know the exact measurement. She told me that my corneas are six of whatever the measurement of a cornea is. I said millimeter when I was talking to the doctor later. And she was like, I don't think that's right. Because six millimeters is like, that would be a really thick cornea. Probably like micrometers or something like that. But I remember that she said my corneas were like on the really high end of thickness, which is good. The thicker your corneas are, the more of a candidate you are for LASIK surgery just so you know if you have thin corneas we'll talk get into that when I tell some stories it can complicate things. So not only do I have thick corneas but I also do not have a super high prescription or didn't I have I was n- like negative three in both eyes so my eyes weren't that bad I have a had I keep saying have my eyes are great now but I had a slight astigmatism in my right eye so very slight that I didn't even need corrective anything for it yet so that wasn't an issue. If you have a really really high prescription, like a negative 10, or if you have a a strong astigmatism, it can also complicate if you're a candidate for LASIK. So I was a prime candidate. And I just want to tell everybody that because I had such a good experience and not everybody has a great experience and i want to tell both sides which i'm going to when we get into stories i'm going to tell you guys some of the like bad stories that i have heard my story is a perfect story i was also a really good candidate so make sure that you go to a center that does a full eye exam you can also get a second opinion from your optometrist before you go to a laser center because some laser centers will just try to sell you on lasik and their optometrists work for them so they'll kind of fudge i mean they're never going to tell you you're a candidate when you're not but i think that they'll probably if you're on the line, they'll probably push you more into it when you probably shouldn't get it done. After my consultation, they then I, they took me to the, the finance person and they talked about my options of financing, care credit. Um, I can't remember if they had in-house financing, but I was saving for it. So I had cash to pay for it. I didn't finance my surgery. And then they went over the cost. So there were two different options of types of surgery. You could get one cost more, one cost less. The one that cost more was better for people that had more severe eye issues. And I was such a good candidate and my eye issues were not that bad that I chose the more inexpensive one. I believe, I can't remember now. It's been like a minute since I had it done. I believe that the procedure without my friends and family discount was like 5000 and I think with it it was 42 43 Actually no I think without it was 48 and with my discount it was 42 I'm pretty sure that's what it was. 100, not (laughs) 1,000. So, just being honest with how much I paid for this procedure. So, then I set my date. They set me up with an optometrist for my pre and post op appointments. So, then went home, and then a week before surgery, I went in for my pre op. And then they did all the same eye exams again, made sure my eyes were still all nice and healthy. And then the one thing that I didn't wasn't like didn't know you had to do before your LASIK surgery. For I think it's a week before and a week after, you have to do a lot of things to your eyeballs. A week before surgery, you cannot wear glasses. Nope, you can wear glasses. You should wear glasses. You cannot wear contacts. <laughs> um, so prepare for that. Uh, it was difficult for me with my job wearing glasses in my studio, so that was a little unexpected, but it was okay, especially in the summer because my f- sweaty face, my glasses fall down my nose when I'm giving facials, so that was a little unexpected. The other thing is you're going to get prescription eye drops. You're going to get a an anti-b- uh, antibiotic eye drop and... The other one is a steroid eye drop, and you're supposed to use those four times a day. So you have to plan your schedule around doing these eye drops. If you are like one of those people that has a hard time doing eye drops or touching your eye, make sure you have someone enlisted to help you. I am not. I have big eyes. I used to be able to get my contact in. If you can see my eyeballs, you can't see this if you're not watching my Facebook Live, but I could get my contact in without like doing this, how most people have to do, I would just open my eye and put my contacts in. So (laughs) I've never had a hard time touching my eye. I've never had a hard time with contacts or whatever. So eye drops for me were fine, but I know some people have a hard time with that. And that's why they get squeamish about the surgery. You just got to get used to the eye drops. That being said, after the surgery, you have to still do those same uh, prescription eye drops, but then you also have to do wedding eye drops, preservative-free eye drops. I think you actually had to do that before surgery too. But after, for sure, as your eyes heal, think of any wound. Like when you get a cut or something and you have a scab, it's dry. It's the same thing with your eyes. Your eyes just feel really dry afterwards. So you have to use wetting drops constantly. Make sure you get the little preservative-free ones that come. They're just like little individual like self-serve Eye droppy things. So I put them everywhere. There's one on my nightstand, there's one in the kitchen, there's in every purse just in case any second your eye gets dry. Just be prepared. You're going to use them a lot. The day of surgery, I wore my jammies, be comfortable. You don't want to wear anything uncomfortable, be super comfy. Showed up to surgery, filled out my final paperwork. Then they did another eye exam just to be sure nothing had changed. And then they gave me a little iPad with my doctor on it and he explained the entire procedure start to finish on the iPad. So there's no surprises. Then he tells you, if I'm doing this, don't move. If I'm doing this, you know, if you're going to say yes, don't nod your head, just say yes. Like all of those things so that you're primed and prepped and ready for what the procedure is going to be. There's no surprises. There's no, it's not scary because everything that's going to happen, he's already explained. And then they gave me the drugs. <laughs> Make sure you go to a surgeon that gives you drugs. You want the drugs because the drugs are what's going to help relax you. I was so nervous for this procedure, even though I had seen stories of people that said it was super easy. I had talked to people that said it was super easy. You're still going to be nervous. It doesn't matter how I tell you how easy it was. So the first, <laughs> the first drug that they gave me was just a Valium or a Xanax, something like that. Just a relaxing drug. Then they set me in a room and we're like now you're going to wait for that to kick in. So I sat and sat every like 10 minutes they would come in and chuck on me. Are you ready yet? No. Are you ready yet? Finally I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel like kind of weird. Let's go. So this is my experience at this center. Every center is probably different, but this is how it went for me. So they take you in this big giant room and there's a bed right dead center. If you guys have seen This on you've probably seen my pictures on Facebook or Instagram. I'll post them in my stories as well um, once this goes live, so you can see what the room looked like. James was actually there, and he watched the whole thing and he took pictures, and so I can share them. So you're in this room on a little bed. The tech puts on. A little surgical cap and then they tuck cotton in the sides. And I was like, what's that for? And he was like, Oh, it's because we're gonna do a ton of eye drops through the procedure so that your your ears don't get full of liquid, which was actually really nice. So then you just lay down. There's they're not strapping you down. This isn't like a clockwork orange. You just lay down on this little bed and then they drop like six drops of numbing fluid in each eye like it's just like a rush of just numb 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 like they're trying to make everything numb uh then you sit for a second and then the doctor came in So, the first step they do is they use spreaders, which every time I say that they use a spreader on your eye, people freak out and think this is really gross. It's not like the Clockwork Orange, like the metal spreaders that hold your eyes open. First of all, they only do one eye at a time. So, one eye is covered with an eye patch while they're working on this eye. The spreader is almost like, like if you've seen those little spatula scoopy things that you scoop cosmetics out with, it's like, you know, a couple inches long. It's plastic, kind of curved. And they do one on the top and one on the bottom. There's, I, They're separate. I don't know how it works. You see it kind of coming towards you. I So I don't really know what they look like. But they're like silicone. They felt soft. Well, as far as I knew, because I couldn't really feel anything. So they do the spreader on the first. And you're just like, bloop. And then they do the spreader on the bottom. Bloop. And then your eye is open. This is the part that I thought was going to freak me out the most. Because I was like, how am I not going to blink? And the one thing he warned me of in the video beforehand was to not scrunch my eye against it. He said, your instinct is going to be to like squeeze against it. I didn't have that instinct at all. So he just said, if you have that instinct, just try to relax and not do that because it'll pop the, the little spreaders out because they are just silicone. They're not metal. They're not claws. It's not scary. It's not painful. So once the spreader went on, this sounds like a gynecological exam. I swear I'm talking about my eyeballs. Once the spreader went on, then the laser came above your eye and it's just dark and you see a red light. It was either red or green, I can't remember. It was a colored light and he said also keep in mind that I was high by this time. So, and I'm I don't I'm not a recreational drug user, so this was like a weird thing for me. The laser comes over your eye and he says just look at the red light. So you're like, okay, just looking at the red light. You don't feel anything. You just see the red light kind of flickering. That's it. And you smell burning I want to prepare everybody for this if you've ever smelled the smell of burning hair it's exactly what it smells like hair eyeballs skin it's all keratin it all smells the same when it's burning so you know that your eye is being lasered you don't feel it you feel nothing you see a red light that's it but there's a there is a smell it's not super strong it goes away really fast but just just to prepare yourself for that they do that and that is them actually cutting the flap open. So they cut just enough around so that they can peel the, your cornea back and um, there's still a flap attached. So they're not completely lasering the whole thing off. Oh, then so then they peel the flap back. And when they peel the flap back, like you can just kind of see them doing something. You don't know what they're doing, but because he's told you what is happening, you know what's happening. They peel the flap back and all of a sudden everything's blurry still no pain, just everything's blurry. Then another laser comes over and my doctor at that point said, all right, get ready for the disco lights. And then you do, you just see, like, it looks like a astral party. You still, you don't feel anything. At this point, you don't smell anything. It's just whatever. This whole process from like eye drops this eye and this eye took like 10 minutes. It was super fast. So after the disco party, then he puts the flap back on. And when he puts it back on, everything's clear. So I have, I had bad far vision. I have, I'm nearsighted. So I couldn't see far away. I could always see close up. So that was never a problem. So he puts the flap back on. Everything's clear. And then he's like, that eye's done. So he covers that eye. And then he goes to the other eye. Same thing on the other eye. Like I said, it was like 10 minutes. By this time, I'm pretty well on my way to being like, loopy as hell so I go out and sit they taped like the little bug eye plastic things to me that have little holes in them um, told me to go home and sleep as much as I could the more you sleep the better because it lets your eyes rest and they're not moving around they gave me another Xanax and they gave me a sleeping pill to take when I got home so I'm not kidding you I slept for 20 hours 20. I woke up for like 20 minutes hungry and I had James help me make a smoothie because you have the goggles on. Like it's just the goggles make everything weird. Your vision is clear. It's just the goggles there to protect. And so it's hard to see what you're doing. And I was loopy from all the drugs. So he helped me make a smoothie and I went back to sleep. And then slept for 20 hours. The only discomfort I felt was on the drive home as the numbing started to wear off. My eyes started, it was like the feeling you get when you get soap in your eyes, just a little bit of a burning feeling. Obviously my eyes had just been laser beamed. So that's probably a natural sensation, but that was really all that I felt. And the drive home, cause the surgery center was about an hour ish drive from where we live. And I was very light sensitive, very light sensitive on that drive home. So I had a blanket, so I just put the blanket over my head and just passed out on the ride home. and then when we got home, I just got in bed and slept. When I woke up the next morning, there was absolutely no pain, none of that burning, nothing. I peeled my little goggles off, and I could just see. It was so weird. I had my po- post-op that day that morning. I was already 2020. The doctor looked at my eyes. She said that there was no scar tissue. the flap was already healing beautifully. I had no pain. I had nothing. It was like, okay, you're done. Go home. Then I came back a week later. A week later, I was, uh, 2015 was my vision and she couldn't find the flap. So she had to use the dye contrast so that she could find the flap. It had only been a week. It healed so quickly. And then um, my month post op, she was like, "Yeah, you're perfect. That you're never gonna have any problems." And well, <laughs> at least for now, who knows? But then I just come back in a year. She said there was no scar tissue. She did say that a common side effect if you do have scar tissue is halos at nighttime. So I don't have any of that. I don't have any issues. I'm looking around my house right now. I don't have, and I haven't, like since day one of surgery, no halos, no pain, no blurriness. These are all things that they say are normal for the first couple of months while your eyes are healing. Um, You can also have scratchy feeling or um, a little bit of burning feeling that stuff is all normal. There's a lot of um, like things that are normal as you're healing that can last for several months after the surgery. The, uh, I also was not light sensitive at all. I'm still not. The only thing that I've noticed, uh, especially for the first couple weeks, dryness. Definitely very dry, but that's normal. It's a wound healing. So using those eye drops constantly helped. My eye doctor told me you can't use them too much, like use them all the time. I still use my eye drops the morning time. I'm always dry in the morning when I wake up. We sleep with a fan on, so I just keep drops by my bed. And I usually just do in the morning and then maybe once in the day. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I forget about it. If I drink alcohol, my eyes get drier, so I do more then. If I'm like swimming or riding our motorcycle or something like that where it's like lots of water or wind, my eyes get a little bit dry. But that was normal before. And honestly, with how dry my eyes were getting with contacts, the dryness from the surgery is like... A bazillion times better. Eye makeup, that's a good question, Jonna Gunderson Martin. This actually isn't the time for questions, but I'm gonna take yours anyway while I'm thinking about it because it's not in the ones I have here. Eye makeup you can't wear for a week. Yeah, seven days. So after you have to do all your eye drops and every your prescription eye drops for seven days, and you can't wear makeup on your eyes for seven days. So just be prepared for that as well. You want to follow the rules. You want your eyes to heal as well as possible. So that was my experience from start to finish. I had probably the best experience that, like the star experience that people have having LASIK. So right now we're going to take a break and we will be back. Okay, and we're back. So one other thing I want to disclaim is that if you, like my sister, if your prescription changes frequently, you're also not a good candidate. So your prescription has to be steady, I think, for, I don't know, X amount of time. I'm not an eye doctor, but usually if your eyes are still changing, they won't be as eager to do the surgery. I want to share some stories with you guys um, from people that have also gone through the same thing. So there are different types of eye surgery there's LASIK there's PRK there's still the old-fashioned surgery where it's all done with knives there's knives scalpels (laughs) they're not like with a steak knife there on your on your eyes Um, but there's different types of surgery and I had like the -the run-of-the-mill standard LASIK but I want you guys to know both sides of it and these are not like I don't want you to be scared of this but I just want you to know the the other side of what could happen so first story is from Kendall Renee Haycook I had PRK done when I was in the military. It was like the brainwashing scene in *A Clockwork Orange. My eyes were held open, and I was trying to keep from squirming in the seat because I had to stay still. Meanwhile, there is a the faint smell of burning flesh. My vision never really got to 2020 after that, probably because I didn't keep up with the drops like I was supposed to. Now it's 15 years later, and I am back to having to wear glasses. First of all, military surgery means VA, which is not always the best care, so that probably one was like made it worse. But also PRK is a different procedure from LASIK. So I just want that to be clear to anybody listening if you are confused. I don't know exactly the difference, but I know PRK is done with people that have thin corneas. If you're not a candidate for LASIK, they will suggest PRK. I know the healing times are longer. The surgery is more painful. Um, It's just a, a different process. So next story is from Ellie J. Mortimer. And then there's LASIK surgery for those with thin corneas. This is what I was talking about. Soon as the numbness wore off, me, I was in more pain than I have ever experienced before in my life, and I'm genuinely really good with pain. I physically couldn't open my eyes for three days, and even with my eyes shut unless I was in a dark room with a blanket over my head, things were still too bright. My eyes streamed tears uncontrollably the whole three days, but my eyes were so tight shut, I had to pry my lids open from time to time to let the water stream out. They only give you a small amount of pain medication drops because it slows the healing and you end up begging for more like an addict. My parents had to do everything for full- me during the day after getting surgery. It was ridiculous. Even after being able to open my eyes, it took weeks before I noticed my vision improving. My eyesight is incredible now over two years on, and I made the right choice in getting it done, but it was a rough healing process. So much more difficult than LASIK, and they really don't prepare you for it. So I just wanted to share that story for anybody that is more of a candidate for PRK, not to scare you, but just so that you know what you're getting into. And this person said that it was worth it, that their vision is great. They're super happy, but they had to go through the crap, the bad three days to get there. Courtney Ray said, I remember driving home from my LASIK and crying because I could read the license plate in front of us. It's the best birthday gift I ever gave myself. So yeah, it is, it is life-changing. I can't tell you enough. Anybody that wears glasses or contacts daily, this will change your life. 100%. I still I was doing facials the other day I was in my studio and twice in the day I still pushed up my phantom glasses and it's been months since I've had surgery I'm just so used to that I still at nighttime I have that feeling when I go to the bathroom to brush my teeth to take my contacts out sometimes in the morning I get that urge to like grab my glasses it's it's so strange and great Sarah Waterman said that's awesome you'll never regret getting it I loved having mine done so amazing to wake up and see see in the rain without drops on your glasses no fogging up I did think when laser was going it was like watching fireworks from underwater so cool good for you take care and heal well wear your goggles no matter how silly you feel yes definitely wear your goggles those protect your eyes when you're healing but yeah it is all those little things that you don't think about if you're not a wearer of glasses or contacts um, the other thing that, that I think is really cool is being able to open my eyes underwater because being a contact wearer, I could never do that. I was always afraid my contacts were going to float off. So swimming underwater and opening my eyes is (laughs) like I'm living on another planet. It's very magical. Amanda James said, the laser makes a noise when they turn it on. I was not warned. And so I popped out the eye ring holder. So just FYI, I don't remember the lasers making any noise. So who knows? Lasers are different everywhere. But just anybody that may experience the noise, don't pop out your eye ring. So and that's the thing, too, is like I said, the eye holders, it's silicone. It's rubbery. So if you pop it out, it's not going to injure your eye. You'll be okay. But probably just try not to do that. Oh, the other thing about the laser that I had done, which they told me in my consultation, one, the laser moves five times faster than the human eye. So if your eye moves even slightly, the laser will follow it. And if your eye moves out of bounds, like if you sneeze or freak out or the eye ring pops out or whatever, the laser has an automatic shutoff as a safety feature. So these lasers are very safe as long as you're going to a credible surgeon. So this one I'm keeping anonymous. This was a, a comment... On Facebook when I had originally posted about getting this done. It says, it's really cool that you were able to get this and I'm happy for you, but it makes me incredibly angry that a life-changing surgery that's only 10 minutes is priced so high and most insurances won't cover it because it's a cosmetic surgery. First, when I read this, I bristled because I had that feeling of like, oh, you're privileged you're flaunting that you were able to do this. Then I'm like, okay, I understand. Yes, this person is absolutely right insurance should cover this. But insurance also doesn't cover dental procedures. Insurance doesn't cover crowns or implants or any of that. So that's just something that we need to sort out in our insurance. Um, the price of it, I don't think is a problem. I think it is priced reasonable for the technology you're getting, the care you're getting. Uh, that The price of mine included all my pre and post-op. I had one pre-op and three post-op appointments. It covered my surgeon. Like I don't think it's actually priced that high and yeah, care credit. My sister just said care credit. You can also finance it. And most of the time care credit, if you hit a certain threshold, you can get like 36 months, whatever, with no interest. This is something that should be covered by insurance, but I also don't think that it is so prohibitively expensive. When I had my heart surgery, my bill was $130,000. So comparatively, um, I think it's something that is a goal that you can get to if you really want to get there. And if you can't, then maybe you go lobby that, that insurance starts to cover this. And also, yeah, the cost of this versus the cost of contacts and glasses every year, which I don't have vision insurance, so that also wasn't covered. It evens itself out. So now we're going to take some questions. First question is by uh, vintageheart__nay. Were you able to drive yourself to and from surgery? Well, I could have driven myself to surgery, but I wouldn't have been able to get myself home. So, no, you definitely need somebody to drive you. You will not be able to drive. One, you're high on drugs. Um, Two, you're wearing those weird goggles. And three, your eyes are stinging a little bit. It's like they won't let you. They actually, my place made me sign a contract that said I would have somebody with me to drive me home. So, make sure you are. Prepared for that, you won't be able to drive home. I drove the next day. They say you're supposed to wait a couple days to drive depending on how your eyes feel, but I felt fine the next day. So I drove myself to my post op the next day. Actually, maybe I didn't. I think James drove me just in case the next day, and the day after that, I drove myself to work. It's me, Genji said noises, smells, anything related to you, your other senses that made you feel anxious. One thing I can say sense-wise, the room that the laser is happening in is so cold, so cold. And I asked the tech about it and he said, it's because it's laser because they have to keep the room cold because the lasers get so hot. So I went in July, but luckily I went in the morning and it was a little chilly. So I was wearing like a hoodie and sweats and socks and shoes. Just know if you go in the summer, be prepared to be cold. So bring a hoodie sweatpants, whatever. If you're leaving the house and it's warm outside, it's gonna be really, really cold in the room. Usually when I'm nervous, like if I'm at the dentist, I clasp my fingers together over my stomach, but the hoodie I had, it had pockets with a zipper in the middle. So my my hand my poor little hands couldn't reach each other. So I didn't have that to like relieve my tension. I usually squeeze. So when he goes, okay, we're done, I realized the whole procedure I had been clenching, I told him, and I was also pretty high, I was like, oh my God, I just realized I've been clenching my butt cheeks the whole time. <laughs> and that was where I was like holding my fear in my butt cheeks. So yeah, if you are a tension holder, make sure you have a hoodie where you can clasp your hands in between. But yeah, it smells, I already went over the, the burning hair smell. That was really the only thing that I smelled. I don't remember there really being any noise so that wasn't a bother. The only thing I smelled was the burning, for just for a second. Honestly, the, the, you smell that burning for like 10 seconds each eye. It's very fast. At Ross, man, Megan said, or Rossman, Rossman Megan, do you miss glasses at all? Like cute ones. I do actually. I do miss the cuteness of glasses. That is one thing. The place that I bought a lot of my vintage glasses, they're called, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Aline Skura, A L L Y N S C ura i'll put it in the show notes they offered actually to fill all my prescription glasses either with just clear glass or with sunglasses i haven't done it yet i need to send them to them that was a really nice offer and i think i might do it with clear glass with like that pair because i think they're really cute but i don't know like am i a turd if i'm wearing glasses that aren't prescription just like cruising around town i don't know maybe i am but i i do i do actually miss wearing glasses sometimes i think i would probably wear glasses Like fake glasses, like once a month, so it was definitely worth the surgery. I don't think missing the glasses is more than not. At Nico Lemassura said, "Did you get both eyes done?" I did. I don't know if they just do one eye. I because both of my eyes needed to be done. I had different prescriptions in each eye. I do know that. So my grandma had this done. It's wild. If you are of the age where you need bifocals. Or if you are farsighted, so you can't see close up. And you also can't see far away. So she was in her 50s, I think. So she had bifocals, but she was nearsighted. So she couldn't see far away. She couldn't see close up. So they do what's called monovision. So they do one eye to see close and one eye to see far away. She said for like the first week, things were a little weird. And then your brain makes up the difference. And then you just see perfectly both ways. She is now 70. And she's just now starting to need reading glasses again. That's another thing with LASIK is that it's not permanent forever for some people it lasts a few years for some people it lasts 20 I know some people that it was great till the day they died so there's no real guarantee on how your eyes are going to age they did tell me that because I got the uh, surgery to see far away when my eyes start to age and I need reading glasses I'm still going to need reading glasses because they didn't do any procedure to fix my eyes for that which is fine having needing reading glasses every now and then is a heck of a lot better than having to wear glasses every day At Yoga, Arasu said, Can you wear special effects contacts or fun non prescription and safely obtained after healing? This is an interesting one because I never did really wear fashion contacts because I always had to wear prescription contacts, but I looked up the answer to this from a reputable surgeon, and what they say is that, yes, you can absolutely wear contacts as long as they are FDA approved and prescribed by an eye doctor. So as long as they're good ones, do not get the cheapy ones that you see like Instagram influencers wearing, but if you get good quality contacts and they can be fun ones. Like they can be the ones that black out your eyes or make you have cat eyes or whatever. You just want to make sure that it's a doctor that is referring you to wherever you're getting these contacts and that they are FDA approved. So as long as they're safe ones, that's fine. But yeah, don't get the cheapy ones that you get at like the weed store or, you know, those kind. you don't want to wear those anyway. Honestly, even if you have not had laser surgery, those contacts can cause so many problems, so much damage, so many infections, at Miavert said, which method did you choose and why? I already went over this a little bit, but I chose LASIK because that was really the only option and it was the best option. In LASIK, there were two options. I can't remember what they were called, but with the specific lasers that my doctor had, they she he had two different types of lasers. One was like the standard laser that hit whatever 50 surfaces of your eye. The second one was an upgraded laser that hit like 250 surfaces of your eye. So the way that LASIK works, basically the laser goes and it builds your cornea back up And rounds it out. So as your vision goes, your eye, your cornea becomes more of a cone shape and you want it to be more round. This is my understanding of it. But all I know is that they they change the shape of your cornea. And so the more surfaces they have, the more accurate they can be. So the second type of laser is better for people that have more um, aggressive eye problems, worse prescriptions, astigmatisms, that kind of thing. It's more guaranteed that you'll have good results. For me, I didn't need that and it was more expensive. And I think it was maybe like $800 to $1,000 more expensive. So I didn't do that type. But yeah, I just got run-of-the-mill LASIK. At Hells Bell said, how weird or icky does it feel? I'm good with pain, but not with that. I felt zero. I felt nothing. Once they did those drops after that, I didn't feel drops. I didn't, I had no urge to blink. Anytime they did new drops in my eyes, I didn't feel it. Anything coming towards your eye, you just, it comes towards your eye and you don't, you don't know when it's touching your eye. So you're essentially just watching something come towards your eye and then it feels like it's right there and then it's not. So there there's, you, you have the urge to blink when something comes so close that it like touches your eyelash or touches your eye and you feel it, but you don't feel any of it. I didn't feel the spreaders. I didn't feel any of Lasers, there was zero, zero, no pain, no feeling. I felt nothing. The only thing I felt was after when the numb started to wear off, I felt a little bit of that stinging. That was it. So, no icky feeling, nothing like that at all. It was so easy. So, everybody that has left me a question or a comment, you will be credited in my contributors below in my show notes. And if you want to contribute to future podcasts, Please follow me on social medias. I am at the cherry doll face. I think that's it. I think I have covered everything. This is a really long episode, but I feel like this was a really detailed, intricate thing. And people were asking so many questions about what it was all about. And there's only so much I can type in a Facebook post or an Instagram post. So I hope this answered all of your questions. If anybody has any questions above this, please feel free to message me or email me. um, If you're nervous or scared or have a question you felt like I didn't answer, I'm not an expert. I've only had it done once and I'm only just me in this, but I would be happy to help with any questions that you have. And please leave me a review if you are so inclined and fill it in your heart. And don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac.